like the American dream, right? It's like you, you spend your life working for your retirement. Golly, what a lot of shit, man. I would tell young Lori to slow down and allow the season to do its work. Don't say healthy, don't say happy. Don't say well, and don't say normal. You show me one person on the planet who's healthy, happy, normal, and well. Who is that person? Is there something good that can be gained quickly? I don't know. Welcome back to the Ensigns Podcast, guys. I'm tired of saying my name. It's been two whole episodes that we yes, did that. We actually did. So I think we edited it out of one. I'm done with that. that and you know who I am. You know who that is. That's Sam. Today, we're joined by... I'm Blaine. Stacy Eldridge. Our That's mom. our mom. If you guys can't tell, we're, we're equal parts nervous and excited because we're going to talk about the mother wound today. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, Just oh gosh. Kidding. Look at the time. Oh. I have to go. And this is the shortest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> In a recent one we did on generosity, Blaine, you touched on some pieces of the mother heart of God, and we got several emails about it because it's a category that is new, at least to me, and new to most people that I've interacted with. And there's something in me that sort of like trepidatiously gets excited where it's like, wait. God can access these places too. And what are the ways that I have not learned him here? And what does that even mean? And so as we were dreaming about a podcast with you, mom, there's parts of me that go to all of the stories of actual mother ring of boys. And there's this whole category of the mother heart of God and ways that you would have learned that differently being a mother. Whereas I'm a young father, I feel like it's slightly different more difficult for me to learn that firsthand. Yeah. And so today, as we dive into mothering and mercy and the mother heart of God and all those stories, I want to begin there. Like, was that a, a category for you? When did that become a category for you? Like that, that God would have these capacities and that you would bring them to the table. You know, it, it took a long time because um, I was really aware of the impact of the father on the son. And then, you know, there's wild at heart, there's fathered by God, and um, all, all these things about the father bestowing identity and the name. And so for me, I thought, I'm chopped liver, man. I'm I'm here to make sandwiches and do the laundry. And I think... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think that after some years, the inner strength rose up in me going, that can't be true. Hmm. Or, or why would we need a mother and a father? And, and, and it's obvious that, that I have a role to play. And so that, that sent me on a quest to just go, what is it, God? Because I'm made in the image of God, too. Women bear the image of God. There's a great dignity there. So I know that I have an impact on my children. And what is it? Mm. Yeah, that's so good. If you were just to go off the cuff, what are some of the... Or what were some of the threshold moments in realizing what the mother heart of God was like? Or realizing that God had a mother heart? Or I know just recently you were talking about the further revelation of Azer as yeah. a military position as it relates to the role of a woman. And I know there are related things with realizing pieces of the reality of that 
God has a mother heart. Yes. Where did that start to come online in the building blocks of that worldview? Man, I would love to say it was when you were two and three years old. (laughs) And everything went perfectly after that. (laughs) But I got to say that really it was about 10 years ago. So your late teens. More like 20s. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years ago is now. You were 19. 19, 20. Late teens. That's your late teens. (laughs) I noticed I already knew that when you would fall and skin your knee... If you needed mercy, you came to me. And and that's what I had to offer you was mercy. I was like, man, that I am so sorry and that hurt and be able to hold you. And dad, on the other hand, I mean, he would if it was bad, obviously. But, you know, his natural bent was, how high did you fall from? You know, and that. And then so just seeing the mercy part and then just, again, something rising up in me saying, wait a minute. I'm made in the image of God, too, so so diving into what a mother is meant to offer her children so we can just say that I failed and every mother fails, like there isn't a perfect parent out there. So, But to look at, well, we do have a perfect parent in our God and, and, and to dive into really the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit offers. The Holy Spirit comforts, nurtures guides, offers mercy, and and to go, hey, wait a minute, that sounds a lot like what a mother is to offer her children. So beginning to see the the reflection of, um, we bear the image of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I'm so aware that in, it feels very real to me now that what we lose in losing the mother heart of God is actually, like in many many ways, we lose the majority of God because we lose the ways, not just that God is mother, but that the pieces relate to each other. And you talk about the Holy Spirit and I go, oh my gosh, there's so much even in the Trinity that uh, needs further unpacking. I think of how People get that there's a relationship between father and son, and as much as those are familial realities, like the heart of a father for his son, they're also political realities, and it actually has as much to do with what actually the son carries when it comes to authority, access, mission, commissioning, and go how much more when you start to add in what about the fact that across the old testament god routinely identifies as the mother of israel the mother of his children the source of their nourishment and i'm just aware that it's easy especially it's easy as men because we identify with the male characters in the story to really identify with Jesus, to really identify with the father, to see the male relationship happening there. But when that's all we emphasize, I, in recent years, was just becoming aware of, well, what about the part in me that really longs for this other reality, which is the feminine heart of God, the source of nourishment, and what does it look like to learn the mother heart more, yeah, that's my question. Um, because some it actually helped us pull away from some of the specifics and go into for you, what are some ways that you have personally 
received mercy over the last 10 years as this has been a category that's been opening your eyes. Um, because I know for me, like that's my request, like the ways that I can receive it and then the ways that it's going to affect other parts of my world. Right. So what are, what are some ways that you experience it? If there's examples that come to mind. Boundlessly, endlessly. And I received it when I was blowing it. The unconditional love of God that came at my lowest points is what pointed me to know the mercy of God. And then and then these verses, like a weaned child, I have calmed and quieted my soul within me. You know, like a weaned child. A weaned child is a satisfied child. I was not satisfied. <laughs> mm. Like hungry in so many ways and, and going, how am I supposed to be weaned and satisfied, God, because you say that you give me more than I need, more than enough, according to all you have in Christ Jesus, and he's really, really rich. So how do you do that in the place when I am really aware of my failures, where I'm slipping into behaviors that I thought that I was free from, or when I lost my temper, or or when I completely did not have the capacity to play another game, you know? And, and in those places, to feel and to seek God, you know, I, you know, the powerful prayer of help, and and not necessarily to, like, suddenly, I'm super mom, and now let's bake cookies together and decorate them, but to feel the, the you're okay, I've got you, of God. I'm going to come underneath. Or when I was in sorrow and when I lost my own mother and just— in grief, to be able to lean my head, to receive comfort, it felt like a mother's comfort. A father's, too, because it's messy, right? It's all intertwined. But these characteristics that came for me in my lowest points revealed to me that I had worth bestowed on me from God Okay, I have a better choice. I have a better way to answer that. I think it was actually when I um, began to be honest about the way my mother had failed me. Hmm. And and to feel that and to risk admitting it. And um, I, I think at first, you know, I just went, I had an Ozzie and Harriet childhood. But when I got older, probably like in my 30s. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I don't know that reference. Ozzie and Harriet. Okay, ooh, what's a movie, what's a show where they just have perfect parents and they're just so great? You know, we, they stopped making those shows Oh, they did stop years making ago. those shows. <laughs> well, when I was growing up, they didn't. They still made those shows. And the dad was this strong caregiver and the mother was like loving and perfect. And No, all the shows now, the mom's an alcoholic and the dad's an idiot. So... Well, I would have fit right in then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my parents, not me. Ah, right. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I I think that's that maybe so. Maybe it's different for you. Maybe maybe you are able to look at like um, the way you were failed earlier on. But it took me into my thirties before I was able to take off rose-colored glasses and admit that I was wounded and grieve that and first become really mad about it because there's a place for that but then but then to grieve it and it goes softened and then to seek God to meet my needs in that place and so then it was revealed to me like you you are my father I need fathering but I I need the tenderness of a mother too Hmm. okay this is we need to stay here for a little bit because it's so huge that 
admission that something was missed or something was wronged um, is so huge. And I know that for some people's stories, that's going to be blatantly obvious and has been their whole life. Mm -hmm. But for others, there's this tension of something's going to be lost if I admit this. Like there's going to be a betrayal mm. of my parents right? and there's going to be a, a fragility that I already feel inside, but that I'm going to admit if I name that not everything was done well. Right, right. There's this tension. There's, you know, honor your father and your mother so it will go well with you. And, 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 and so there is the tension of if I say my mother's manipulative and controlling and my mother says negative things to me all of the time that like you're not honoring her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually not true. Like you, you can be honest about your life and you can be loving. It might not mean that you take out a, you know, weapon and blast your mother about it. But at the right time, and not everybody is ready for this, but at the right time with God, you can pull back the layers and go, what, what is reality? What was I living with? And to honor your own story and then invite God in to minister to you in those places. Yeah, the second half of that is the goal, right? Like the point isn't just to bash your family, no, your mother. No, the point is healing. And as you named, there's something that then God gets to have access to that he didn't before. Yeah. That's huge. I'd love to hear, what are the things that you name as a person's unpacking their story? Because, right, naming things in your history actually opens the door to experience more of God. Yes. And in order to name things, we sort of need to have the alternative framed. Kind of easy to go, yeah, my blank was pretty good. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, my mom, my dad, he's pretty good. Like, And go, okay, well, let's... Uh, throw out some categories that are real to the mother heart of God that mothers reflect and confirm. So what are what's on your just on the list of what a mom does? Oh, that's really good. So uh, anyway, don't get overwhelmed if you're listening and uh, deep breath. Um, a mother's meant to nurture. You know, that mirrors the heart of God and, and, and a child, an infant, a teenager, they have needs that are physical, emotional, spiritual. And a mother's meant to nurture those, to provide the sustenance, the, the touch, the healthy touch, um, the food, the medical needs. So to nurture and a mother is meant to protect a mother's meant to know what's going on in her child's life and intervene on their behalf. That's where the mother bear comes in. You've, you've heard that, like, you won't mess with, you don't mess with my child. You know, um, that strong, strong intervention piece. So, so it's a question to ask, did I receive the nurturance that I was meant to? Did I receive the attention? Because a mother is really asking the question, am, do I have value? Do, is there worth to me? Um, Am I worth being inconvenienced for? And so so the nurturance, the protection, there is an initiation that a mother's meant to provide, which means allowing their son to grow up. One of the heartbreaks of being a mother is that as you are raising your child, they move away from you. 
You know, the, their first steps are away from you. They ride their bikes away from you. They they go to school. They leave, and then then they go away. And they they have their own families, perhaps. But they they definitely you're growing them up. You're raising them so that you hope that eventually they're able to live on their own. And then if they do, you're like bummer, man. <laughs> I know. I succeeded, and <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that kills me, even as a father. My gosh, that right? Sucks. You you start going ahead of yourself in what the stage I, stage there is. I turn into Gollum. Mine, my own, <laughs> my love, my precious, and you must stay here in this dark cave with me forever. Unhealthy. So there's there's also the provider. So mother's supposed to provide um, opportunities for their child to experiment. You know convey to them in a thousand different ways that your heart matters, I see you. Hey, you're really good at that. Give their son the ability to fail and have that not mean you're a failure. But yay, you tried. What else do you want to try? You know, just so this context of of grace and mercy all the while. So do you hear what I'm saying? It's a perfect mother. There's only one of those that it doesn't walk around in flesh and blood. So to raise your child, to love them, to see them. So nurturing, protecting, providing, and initiating, which that last one is perhaps the hardest one for a mother to do. And you guys know this. You know my own tension. And and in your leaving, I, I questioned, am I still a mother then? Because a mother's role changes as the child grows up. Or at least it's meant to. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things you've got to look at, how, how well is my mom letting me go? That's a hard thing for a mother to do, but she needs to do it because you're meant to soar. You know, God raises us up so that we can achieve our calling and grow. He's got plans for us. He desires for us. And um, moms are supposed to do that too. Mm. I just want to put this asterisk here because I know we have moms that listen. Bless you, moms. Well, I just to go, hang on. This is a very important thing when we talk about this, which is, you know, you can identify in father looking at Ephesians 1 in the heart of the father in love. He predestined us to be chosen as his chosen sons, political term, children, uh, before. Before the earth was created. And so actually the original plan of the universe is to experience God as your father, which your earthly dad actually can confirm to you or emphasize out of his own experience of being fathered. Ditto mother. Right, exactly. You happen to be a mom. The original plan for the universe is that God is the mother and I think of the moms who I know who listen and go, by the way, guys, this is not like a try harder, do better. Now you have to nurture, protect, comfort, initiate, go. And when you fail, there's God to pick up the slack. Right. It goes, actually, you actually get to turn your heart and its need to be mothered. Exactly. To God. It produces an effect in you that then like not only points your, like trains your kids, show it models for them how to experience God as mother, but like. God has an effect on you, which has an effect on the things that are under your authority, which include your kids. And so yeah. you don't have to like write down that list and then think of how today you're going <laughs> to nurture, protect, initiate, 
provide worth notice. I'm also thinking of the young man who's listening, who's like going, I didn't get any of this. And I want to say, well, now go back 10 minutes to where we were saying like you, you still can. Exactly. A lot of of this was new to you 10 years ago. Right. And that was first for your heart and then getting to offer it to your children who were quickly no longer legally children. Um, Yes. Not that you hadn't been offering along the way, but there's just, there's, there's mercy as this whole thing is saying that there is mercy. There's absolute mercy. Yes. So into some, like, I, I want to like just hear some stories and fun specifics because we have a little boy and a little girl. And I know that we're living in a day and age where if we were to say anything about them is different, we are going to be in trouble. But the truth is he is like, just kicking and thrashing and moving all the time. And that could just be his personality. But from what I have just anecdotally seen, I'm going to be very gentle here, even though our audience is all friends. Um, he's like, he's like the Energizer bunny. <laughs> like our girl developed signing so much faster and these like language skills and was kind of slower on the physical stuff. He's like, we put a bowl and a spoon in front of him and he's just thrashing at it and trying to cup it into his mouth and go bananas. And I am anticipating what is to come. There's a few young boys who are older than the infant that I have that are around the outpost. And when they come around, like it can be dangerous stuff. They come walking in the outpost wearing a Captain America buff chest piece. Hit with a sword. (laughs) You better be ready. Um, I'm curious. What are, what are some ways that you, experience mothering boys and what that what that how that surprised you what called out in you you know one of the good things was that I didn't I didn't ever dream about how many what my wedding was going to look like how many children I want I didn't name them you know in advance so boys girls you know I'm ready and and I, I didn't know what they were like I I discovered right away that you had warrior hearts and we had to make decisions right away. You know, early on, are we going to have weapons in our house as toys, toy guns? And we said, no, that was just our personal choice. And then uh, Samuel chews a graham cracker in the shape of a gun and starts shooting people. (laughs) (laughs) So that quickly turned to, you can't shoot faces. You know, that was, that was our rule, you know, that feels legitimate. Yeah. And then the risks that you guys would take, like just, you know, jumping off stuff, high stuff, wanting to, you, you had other aspects, you know, you were creative and put on shows and loved art and stuff, but. Oh, hang on. There was a comment somewhere online that was made about how f- funny it would be if John Eldridge's sons turned out to be artists. And I was like, you know nothing about the family we were in. We are all artists. <laughs> we are all artists, <laughs> like, yeah. And yes, we chewed our graham crackers into handguns and had little wars. Like, first, learn how to read. <laughs> first, learn how to read and have all kinds of creative aspects and clay and making stuff with bread and drawing and there was a ton you you turn out like amazingly creative and like warrior poets yeah what do you think was some of the most repeated things that you said to us in the younger years stop that (laughs) (laughs) okay okay. apologize to your brother (laughs) (laughs) I'm, i'm so surprised 
I would love to say it was like, you're amazing. You're so good at that, you know. Um, but you know what? Okay, I'm 59, you guys. And you lose the memory of something. So uh, there's holes and there's gaps. Oh, yes. When I remember, I remember playing games. I remember playing creative games with you. And a lot of times when I was really tired, I created games where I just had to lie on the couch. I'm the damsel, you know, <laughs> I'm, or I'm the this or that. And now you guys need to go do all kinds of stuff. I was very creative. Oh, yeah. Well, I heard my sister-in-law actually create a game where she lies in front of the door of the room and naps while the children just sort of play and like jump on crawl all over her. So, you know, you're not the only one doing that. Yeah. What was the deal with Blaine climbing up the window? Mm-hmm. Some things that you, oh. if you could. Uh... Oh, okay. I'm going to tell a couple of stories. One, one was uh, being asked at a retreat with the mother going, what's the most important thing you would tell a mom? And she was kind of expecting me to say set clear boundaries and. Make sure um, that they know Jesus loves them. Yes. And I, you know, I don't know what she was expecting to say, but my answer was offer mercy. Mm. Offer mercy. Let your home have this context of of grace and kindness. Like, um, but another question that I got asked was to speak at a you know just share a little devotional at a baby shower where a gal was going to have a son and Blaine was home. So I asked him what what advice would you give to a mother that's having a son? Because as I said, my memory is slipping. And he said, tell them to be very specific about their instructions. And I asked him, what does he mean? He goes, well, for instance, when you told me I couldn't tie my sheets together from the second floor window and climb down out of the window, you never told me that I couldn't climb up the sheets to the window, which, by the way, is what he did. So, so yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Just be very specific. <laughs> That's funny. But I wouldn't actually recommend it because... <laughs> Didn't they slip? Do you remember this? No, no, I, the sheets were fine. I wouldn't recommend being specific with your instructions because I would say obedience isn't the highest value. But that's what we get when you ask a teenager for advice about parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell them that they'll find the loopholes, Bob. <laughs> what do you guys remember was one of the most things that I said to you growing up? Well, that's a fair... You can turn that around on us. Um, one of the things I remember the most was if it's not fun for everyone, it's, it's not, not a, a good, good game. game. That's <laughs> Which true. usually involved that like Luke had become the target for the the one paintball gun we had. And it was sort of like, Luke, run! Run back and forth! Why are you hiding behind the bush? Run! <laughs> Let us shoot you with the one paintball gun. Oh, I don't funny. see why this is not a fun game. It's <laughs> sure fun for me. That's a good thing to have said. It was his fault for owning the only paintball mask. So he had the gear to be protected. I had the gear to be doing the shooting. I remember you asking a lot of questions in a positive sense when I think of like exchanges I remember a lot of like clarifying of both in the adventure sense of like well well with what garden stakes on what side of the garden and Luke's gonna do what on them like I remember a lot of questions and like what do you want with that crystal thing like and the paper on this and I like you know as a kid that can be like frustrating, like just no, just I have an idea. Don't ask me more questions about it. Like I want to experiment. I want to do a kitchen experiment. It like, involves a box of matches, my little brother. And it, we're gonna do something and be like, uh, what, what? And then like putting caveats on it. I yeah, I remember that with a lot of interactions because 
raising boys involves a lot of like they're also harebrained. They also have a sin nature, everybody. Like if you're and just to go again, I to the specifics in, in our audience, especially to those who are parents, being like, I'm failing. I'm like, yeah, probably. That's where the gospel starts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I have good news for you uh, in Jesus. And like, also, and you're like, my kids are fractious and and obedient. And I'm like, okay, so they sound like human beings. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so hang on. Keep going. I'm waiting to hear the problem. That's part of what remembering like very specific scenes of a lot of clarifying questions sets for me of going like you know the masculinity and femininity even in like mothering and sons are not actually opposed and because kids are like aggressively independent and yes. want things their way and have like uh the contrasts can present themselves as being like just different and i think for young men that can be hard because then it it makes it harder for us to understand how we actually need the mother heart of God. Yeah. But to go like, uh, they're meant, they go together. Like the wildness of boyhood and like this stable understanding of the love of mother. Yes. Like, There's so much overlap, isn't there? They I work. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I love you telling that story about me and I'm going, see, I was just really protective slash controlling. But <laughs> oh, there's good sides and bad sides, right? Because to have just gone, yeah, sure, whatever, would have been yeah. a disinterested, checked out response to many of those questions when yeah. Blaine wanted the kitchen knives and the chicken for dinner. Or you were you going were like, over to someone's house, you know, like, who's there? Who are these people? Like, I need to know them, you know, just like that. But I, I do know that my own bent was to controlling. And so I needed to learn mm. as a mother to give you space. Okay. Okay, you can let Luke ride in front of on the handlebars going down the street on your bike. And I remember thinking dad would let them do that. And then later I told dad that you'd done that. He's like, I never would have let them do that. <laughs> oh. I love that. You're like, dad would let them. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> All right. My instincts there were, were, were good. So so I think I think part of mother needs to learn to give her um her children, her sons particularly, but her daughters too, like space to explore. And that goes against part of our, like keeping you close and keeping you protected. But there, there is that tension of, no, you, you actually do need, but then you need the wisdom of God, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to guide you. Thank goodness we have a guide. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said he picks up the slack. Every night when I go to bed, I remind myself of the verse, love covers a multitude of sins. Or love covers a multitude of failures. Like the number one thing I wanted you guys to know is that I loved you. And then within that context, Grace, like, yeah, I failed and we had hard days. And and yet if you knew that God loved you and directs you to him, then he gets to pick up the slack. Right. And it wasn't just then everything is permissible too. Right. No. Right? No. Um, I think – as I've been building our young family, things that I've been so struck by that I want to make sure I am continuing is that duality of the mother-father heart. It seems like I can bring it to a metaphor of there is a stability from which you get to stand and be supported in. And there are some very 
rigid rules in there. Another thing that came to mind of things I heard very quick a lot as a kid was slow obedience is disobedience. There it is. And it, it drives me nuts when there are families that will be around and dad will, or mom will say something and the kids will like draw it out as slowly as possible. And, and like that's just because that was not our family culture. And right. I'm sure I did the exact same thing, but now that I'm an adult, I'm like, Um, so there's that stability and there's that structure and there's also the freedom to be to go to climb a tree to go explore the thing to walk around the neighborhood by yourself go to the pool there's both and I think that's something that I experienced and I also didn't experience we don't mean to paint a picture that like you know there's no perfect family but the Eldridges were pretty close to perfect and everybody else is failing like no that I hope you have not been hearing that and yet those those truths that you guys would hold out there of like, there's a bigger story and you don't get to be the center of the universe, children. Yes, you are cared for. Yes, you have value. But you are not the little kings of this world. And you are part of a family and we are moving in this direction because God is also moving in this direction. And like those things were really settling for a young heart and are things that... I see in our kids and things that I want to be building of like that. The mother feels like this foundation and the father feels like this good. Now that you are secure, here are the boundaries and here are the ways that you can go and leave that foundation to explore and test yourself and know that you can always come back. Yeah. And you can hear how that's mothering, you know? Yes, that is father, but that's, that's mothering. Like that's protecting and guiding and essential. So my question for the table is recent experiences of the mother heart of God. Where in real time are you experiencing or have you experienced God as your, the El Shaddai as your satisfier, nourisher? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, So though we participate and host these podcasts, I'm also still totally being affected by them in real time. And one of the big takeaways for me from that generosity podcast that I was already alluded to was it revealed this part of me that I've been protecting what I feel like are my inner reserves. And I've sort of set my, my zero mark at my metaphorical 25% left in the tank mark. So that when I hit that, like nobody, nobody gets to ask anything because it's going to be really dangerous if I actually hit zero like maybe I'll turn into the Hulk or something. Um, and it actually made me a jerk closer to like the 90% mark because I was like, oh, the tank's starting to empty. And sooner or later, I'm going to get it to 25%, which is close to zero. And the whole thing just became actually a very negative way of relating to everybody around me and every ask and particularly for my family. And so that was really revealed of like, oh, I need to be generous with that in my posture of offering myself and trust in the mothering of God to replenish that when I hit zero. Because I don't know what that looks like. And I was so unwilling to go there, which is really self-sufficiency. And to say, okay, I will go there and I will offer and not offer with bitterness or the sense of you guys need to pour back into me now that I've poured into you. But a trust in the mothering of God to go, yep, I've got you when you're, when you're at empty. And I'm still learning what that looks like, but that is very real time for me of being willing to go there and hitting zero and kind of going, oh, I, like I didn't turn all green and rip my 
pants and all of a sudden my pants are purple and like I, that's yes. strange I guess I still am a fairly decent human being <laughs> who knew um, the generosity of God I had uh, an experience with just real recently when a person came to me with a need and um, it was a financial need and at this particular time I actually had the capacity to, to meet their need but I was you know, my immediate reaction was, no, <laughs> I knew this for something else. And, um, and, and then being moved, being reminded of the generosity of God and wanting to partner with him and the mother heart of generosity and bounty and provision. So, so took a different posture and, and joined in, in that and, met their need and then and then not feeling like I, I was immediately not like oh, I'm impoverished mm. he's not going to meet my needs now it was a completely other experience where I entered into the, you know the joy of it the happiness of it and then felt like oh that's that's God's posture you know it's not like this withholding it's this come come join me in this and um that felt great. I, I felt I felt the generosity come into my spirit when I got to partner with God in that. Mm. So good. A couple of little from the last week. Because you name the category, you start asking for more of it and asking the Holy Spirit, your teacher, yeah, counselor, guide, to show you where this has been happening, to show you where more is available, to show you how to open your heart to it and the experiences multiply. We're coming out of one of those family weeks where wife, daughter have been super sick, and then M was sick longer, so I had a few days of solo parenting, and just feeling all of the scarcity of resources, sleep-deprived, relationally drained from a precocious two-and-a-half-year-old like constantly talking to me, being like, I'm stronger than this. I'm stronger than you. <laughs> you can't break me. Uh, and we go to the zoo, and we're in about we're in the freaking parrot house at the zoo, and I'm holding Ailish in one arm, kind of zoning out. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at these birds, and then all of a sudden, they go like, "Oh my gosh, God, you're totally mothering me." I'm like, because I realized I had started to notice, like how beautiful they were, and I'm like, "Your world is so." amazing and it was like oh my gosh I'm feeling that heart thing happen where like something in me is opening to the reality of the heart of God which is doing something to me going like these are so crazy another one it was just recently uh, Em and I were doing sort of a a fast from a few things sort of it had set a time frame I thought it was going to be you know a little more than a week and then we were like sort of halfway through and a friend Josh, who my friends all mostly listen to this podcast. And then they were telling me recently that when they say, when you say a friend, we all go, ooh, who's it going to be? So <laughs> now you know. Who walks with God, shows up, and hadn't been doing alcohol for a while, hadn't been doing sugar. And Josh shows up, and he knows that, with a six-pack and a chocolate bar and goes, I know you guys are fasting, but Jesus told me to grab beer for tonight, so... And it was like, it was just the <laughs> abundance, like the comfort, like the, you're okay. My art for you is generous. Like I was even realizing around like 
the discipline of fasting, which is one I really like, um, how often like the heart of God, you know, we're talking about this, but like, I'm like how often you end my fast early or do something to like disrupt it just because it's easier for me to access even like obedience than it is your abundance. You're all, mm. you're disrupting the obedience in order to get to the experience of abundance in a six pack of beer showing up in the middle of a fast week and going, this is it. Here's the mothering, abundant, kind heart of God, like accessing me. That's so good. Uh, I want to finish with a question that is, I, I particularly like hearing people's answers to. Um, so mom, if you could go back in time and offer some advice to a 30-year-old Stacy, who's a young parent just stepping into those waters, what advice would you give to that younger self? I would tell her to uh, take the pressure off. Just, can I just offer myself mercy in that and just say, you're going to be okay. Love them. Lean heavily onto God. And, and take the pressure off to be amazing. You, you don't have to be the best mother in the world. You just have to be the mother that you are. And grow in your own relationship with God. Pursue your own healing, the healing of your heart, so that you can offer more to your children. Primarily just mercy and tell her, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay because God loves your sons even more than you do like it's it's actually not up to you 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 have a role to play you have to do your part but but you're going to be okay they're going to be okay mm-hmm.